Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 141. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Brisk Andy. Thanks for having me. Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. And uh, sorry, I was just distracted for a second because the light in the bathroom just turned on by itself again it like it is, always seems to do. It is Halloween week. And I think... Uh, we were just watching a scarce uh, and the, show, the, too. The lights in the studio must have all turned off, turned on by themselves last night, too, because when I got home around 10, they were all wide on, and everybody here... You weren't even home yet, and everyone else was asleep. Hmm. So uh, Ghosts got to do work sometimes, <laughs> <Yeah>. too. It's <laughs> true. Uh, and I just think it's funny because lights just... Sometimes refuse to get turned off. <laughs> There's a ghost pod that's uh, they're working in here on uh, off hours for, of ours, but yeah, you have to. How do you listen to that? Just be all those like ghost noises. Yeah, you have to play it backwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and share with a friend. If you have friends, share a pod or enemies. Yeah, we don't care. Then they'll become friends. Um. But yeah, let's uh, dive right on into the sports podcast, shall we? Just lead things off with, uh, Andy, you have a passion project. Yeah, before we uh, talk about our takes on what happened in sports this week, I just want to talk about a, uh, a sports website that I enjoy. I like to consume other people's content, not just our own. Of course, of course. Um, I do too. So the sports website, Deadspin, it's been around for maybe 15 years now. They've done a lot of different things. They're... Uh, Way more alternative than, let's say, like your ESPN, Sports Illustrated, that kind of stuff, where it's not just like analyzing what happens in the game, but they talk about stuff going around it. They do a lot of uh, reporting. I think uh, they've done a really good job on stuff like the domestic violence issues, like Greg Hardy. So they get into that stuff, and, um, you know, a lot of people don't really care about that. They just care about the games. And uh, if you remember, ESPN has kind of shifted their focus. That was their thing is... We're we're not going to talk about any of that stuff anymore. We're, people just want to come here for highlights. They want to see Stephen A. Smith yell about stuff. They don't want to get too deep into the other stuff. Because, I mean, I mean, sometimes you don't. You don't want to be reminded about you know Tyreek Hill and stuff like that, where it's like, I don't want to see him have a 95-yard touchdown and then think about, was this worth it to me to watch this guy have make a great play because he might be a bad person. It's like sometimes you want to ignore that. We're... We don't ignore it here. We'll talk about it, but it's not like our focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but Deadspin was recently sold by their uh, their parent to a new parent organization. And that company kind of gave them the directive, like, stop writing about Donald Trump and that kind of shit. And it's like, but that's actually what people want. That's what their readers want. Because if you want good, like, sports analysis, then you can read ESPN writers. They search for the best people who have, like, the most knowledge on this stuff where it's like, this is like actual more journalists or people writing opinion pieces. And it's not getting into like why this quarterback is performing. Like there's other sites for that. So um, their editor in chief quit like two months ago after like saying like, I'm trying, I can't work for these people anymore. Um, and then their interim one was fired today. So that's like a bad look. So I don't know if that whole thing is going down, but it's really a shame that like, it's like you had a product that people did enjoy. It might not have been ESPN. They were never going to be ESPN. And so now it might be gone. It's kind of like, you know, you have a favorite restaurant or something. And it's like, yeah, they're not known for their cheeseburgers. Don't order the cheeseburger there. Yeah. 
but it's good. And they're like, cheeseburgers <clears> sell. <throat> Look at McDonald's. And it's like, no, 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 you're never going to be McDonald's. I actually say that a lot sometimes. This isn't going to sound good for my family's restaurant, but my family's restaurant, they're known for their burgers and breakfast foods and breakfast burritos. But And they have good Mexican food, but I remember across the way was a Mexican restaurant. And it's like you could tell people would come by and it's like, sometimes you'd see plates that were left like pretty uneaten that were a lot of times Mexican dishes. And I thought even thought to myself, like if you really wanted Mexican food, it's like you should go to the Mexican place across the street, not the the burger place. So it's like, I get exactly what you're saying right there with that. So yeah. And just, it's, it's sad for me if this is like, it ends up like they have to fold or everyone quits. I don't know. Yeah. Because they have interesting stuff. They have really stupid stuff. And it's like, it's, there's a place for that. And I, I mean, we're still an alternative. We'll still give you stupid stuff. We'll still talk about the dumbest things. Yes, we're not we just, will. I mean, we have probably the, the greatest analysis of sports, you know, out there. But we also uh, have some. <laughs> we can talk about the uh, the weird stuff too. Of course. But yeah, always come to us. We know we can predict every game 100 percent because we're so smart. So mm. you want to you start with some some great analysis of the world of sports? You want to get into the the real? Let's do it. Okay. Are we going to start with? How about some college? Oh, the NCAA. Yeah, so it was uh, announced today that uh, it looks like the NCAA now is making it legal in all the states that college players are going to start making money off of their name. And I haven't read uh, too much into like the how they'll do it because I've you know I had some good conversation today with a few buddies of mine about how. Well, they, we discussed thinking about how they would go about doing this. I mean, is it going to be like a salary thing? Like if you're prof- if you're a college sports player in Division One or whatever, are you going to just have a salary? And depending on how good you are, depends on how that salary is, I guess, type thing. Or is it going to be just based off the brand of your name? And I was thinking it would be like last year, for example. If this would have gone into effect, let's say, two years ago, last year, I can only imagine how many zion williamson jerseys you would see around of people wearing that duke jersey and stuff and whatever and sure you're gonna have your every college is gonna wear their favorite players you know their quarterback or their star running back or the star point guard or center whatever wearing their jerseys i'm sure to games and stuff you know you're not gonna see someone from north carolina repping a zion williamson jersey very often i'm sure but so just stuff like that but then the other thing in my opinion that starts making things tricky is that EA Sports wants to come back and make, you know, their NCAA football, probably NCAA basketball. And I was saying earlier today, it's like, I feel like that gets a little interesting because let's say they made, this was last year, they had an NCAA basketball video game. It's like you have. Probably not going to happen because yeah. EA just canceled NBA Live today. Oh, they did. They're like, we can't compete. All right, then I'll just use the example of NFL then. Yeah. Let's say, I mean, college football. Let's say they make a college football game, right? And let's say. You know, you've got your Alabama, your Clemson, and you know, you get to see Trevor Lawrence on there, Tua, and all those other star players. But then it's like, and it's like, I get it, you know, maybe they, they get to make some money off their name. It's like their actual name now. It's based off them. But then it's like, you think of those other little schools. Like, let's think of, you know, Oregon State players or something, or not even that, like even lower, like the Pac, like yeah. the Mac players. App State, you know, they're undefeated right now. and it's Yeah. But then it's like, but I'm saying even like the lower, lower, like teams that are like one in eight right now that, you know, if you're going to base it off of their players and it's their actual names and stuff, it's like, so what? Then you have to pay them also. Yeah, and it's like, what's that pool of money and how 
much are you splitting it up by? Yeah, and it's like, do yeah, those... It's not like you can give, like, well, Tua's going to get $2 million from this. It's like, yeah. no, every single player on a roster should get paid equally. Yeah. Right? Like, if, if, if it's for a video game, then yeah. Then obviously, jersey sales is a completely different thing. You know, obviously... Tua's jersey sales are going to be more than and then who has the and who he, who even has the authority to sell the jersey? Like, does the University of Alabama? Like, I could see yeah. I could see someone like a school like Duke being like assholes and be like, no, no, no player is above Duke basketball. Yeah. We're not selling jerseys. We will. I mean, we're sell jerseys. We're not selling names on the jerseys. So I guess in my mind, I was thinking I'd be able to just go to the mall and walk into like a one of those jersey stores and it's like you buy a Zion jersey or something or whoever the popular players are, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Tua, you know, whatever the sport may be because there's obviously basketball, football jerseys are, you know, probably the top two jerseys that get sold that people wear out and stuff. But uh, but it was, it was actually fun today because uh, one of our, someone had made a joke. They talked about how like, oh, you know, I think, you know, saying like obviously Tua jerseys will get sold more and the example he used was the kicker for Texas, Dicker. And it's like, there will be a lot of people out there that buy that jersey based off of the last name. We have a friend of ours that wears a Manziel jersey who has no idea about Johnny Manziel. And I've even watched him have to interact with that with the party. But it's people like that that'll absolutely buy a Dicker jersey because it just says Dicker yeah. on the back. Now I'm thinking of like throwback jerseys. Like who who gets that? Like, now, Yeah, now that's a good example. How many fucking Tim Tebow so, jerseys would get sold? Like, I actually, well, here's the thing though with a lot of those throwback jerseys is once these guys get to the NFL, I believe their college jerseys do come out because they're now allowed to make money off their name. Right? Because you I do see... I don't think so because I think the college would still own that. I'm, oh, really? I mean, because you, you do I, see them, but I think... No, yeah. Like, I mean, you definitely see Florida... T- yeah, that's what maybe they're... Yeah, they're made because I know a lot of people, I've seen multiple people have the like high school LeBron jersey. Yeah, I got to feel like that's kind of like a knockoff. It's not like his high school was making, printing those jerseys. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of weird like things like that. Or, or could you ever have a Reggie Bush jersey made? <laughs> like that would, that would be a popular one, except he's now scrubbed from existence. Yeah. So. yeah but yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways I guess college athletes can make money off their name, but it's like, how, how's this going to work? It's just, I mean, the, the, the easiest thing. And you're going to see some of the more like brazen attempts. It's just like signing balls after games and stuff. You're going to see some. It's probably not going to be Zion. But it's probably going to be someone just be like, all right, come, I'm going to set up a little table on on campus one o'clock and I'll sign shit for 50 bucks and your photo, photo ops, that kind of stuff that you see at like conventions and stuff. And it's like, that's the easiest, quickest way. Yeah. I mean, I think people have already gotten in trouble with that stuff, signing. So that leads to the next kind of question. Do you think this will, I mean, it probably won't stop it completely, but it maybe slow it down a lot of like the, you know, players taking money and stuff like to go play for schools because a lot of these guys obviously don't make any money right now in college and a lot of them come from nothing and their families don't have much and it's like you know you're going to be a star player and these that's why a lot of times like they're able to lure them somewhere and be like oh here's you know fifty thousand dollars oh we're going to pay for all this or like yada yada give them money throughout the year now you wonder if okay hey if this player is that like how zion would have been i imagine zion would have been with someone that would have broke records with what his name would have made last year and it's like you think okay if this guy's already making a million dollars two million off his name then he doesn't need to risk taking that 50 grand to like play for this school and stuff or make sure that his mom has a 
house or car bought for her and stuff and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's already not as big of a problem as probably some people think. Like it's it's and yeah, and a lot of those stories that came out that all seem to keep coming out with like Patino and all that other stuff did seem like that was stuff from six, seven, eight years ago that just happened to come out now, maybe even longer than that, maybe like 10 plus years ago. And I know a lot of that like abuse stuff is not even like through the school. It's a lot of like, like I remember this Oklahoma quarterback who like, I'm pretty sure he like got a, got a job at a car dealership or something. And it was like, because the car dealer just loved Oklahoma, but he actually never had to show up for work and just got paid. And it was like, well, this guy, he's getting paid to be a football player. And it's like, they found out about that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if, yeah, if, if schools will try to advertise and help their student athletes to make money this way. Like think like Alabama's like, Hey, if you come with us, we have all these events to sign yeah. shit or something or yeah, no, that's we'll do all this stuff and all, everyone on the team will get a cut of it. You don't even have to like sell yourself. You just will get a cut. It's like, yeah. Or like, I was like. Oregon going to work with uh, Nike and that kind of stuff. Like you could see like Nike being like, yeah, we're, we're going to make you all these jerseys and you come here and you know, your Jersey's going to be great or something. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. No, I would say it'll definitely be interesting to see like what ends up coming of it. And then also when, I mean, does this all take effect immediately too? Like, will this be starting for this college basketball season and that's about to start up? I mean, cause I feel like, I mean, yeah, this football season's already done. We don't have the answers. I remember the California law was like three years. Yeah, and it's the same so. thing kind of with sports betting. Like, that's become legal, and we haven't but really it's also, seen it here yet. There's nothing stopping them because the California law was like, it's not overriding law. It's overriding NCAA rules. So the NCAA can just be like, oh, it's no longer the rule. Do whatever you want, and we won't, we won't affect your eligibility. So maybe right now you can do what you want. Like, mm-hmm. you can go make an appearance. You're a college athlete. I don't know. Yeah. Guess we'll see. Yeah. Going to be exciting. Well, we'll stay on uh, NCAA here. We did have some. Yeah, well, we're on the top of college football. There was uh, a major upset. Uh, Number five, Oklahoma went down at Kansas State. And Kansas State this year has been, you know, a team that has been good. They've competed with teams. And uh, they are just one of those kind of like tricky teams that I guess you just Oklahoma must have overlooked. And I even looked at who they played next, and it was only like Iowa State, so it definitely wasn't. That's who they lost to last year. So. Okay, so I didn't know that, but I still don't think it was a look ahead game. I think you know Kansas State has been decent. It's not like Iowa State is ranked in the top ten. So I think Oklahoma just did not come into that game prepared. And also, when you look at that final score of forty eight forty one, it's closer than it really was. At one point, that score was. 48 to 24, I think, or something. Yeah, and then uh, Oklahoma even recovered the onside kick. And it looked like, and it was way downfield and looked like, oh my God, they're actually going to win this. But then it was uh, touched like nine yards in and then got pushed like another 20. So yeah, it was. Well, they say it's a game of inches. And that's where you really see it right there. But, and then you were, and then the other game, the big game, we got Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. Did what they were supposed to, 131-7. Wisconsin now, it'll be very interesting to see where they end up. You've been saying that you kind of were not buying them from the beginning. And uh, now they uh, have lost two in a row. Didn't even compete with Ohio State for more than a quarter. And then uh, the other big game, which I guess, you know, was maybe a shock to some. I don't think, I I mean, I was 
I guess I'd be lying if I said I was shocked with how much they won by, but I wasn't shocked they won was Michigan over Notre Dame. But I don't, you know, think this is going to be enough still yet to get Michigan into anything special. They'd have to do something heroic like beat Ohio State. Yeah, but it does make sure Notre Dame's not even going to sniff one of those. Oh yeah, no big bulls now, so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, definitely not. But uh, like, but for Michigan to sniff one of those big bulls, they have to beat Ohio State, which they do have at home this year. But it doesn't look like much is going to slow down. Justin yeah, Fields and yeah, company. It doesn't, it doesn't look like they just look very well rounded, and uh, we do have a new number one LSU, rightfully so, deserving. They've beat Florida, they've beat Auburn. Yeah, they've just faced a tougher schedule so far. Yeah, and I agree with that because Clemson has not looked good. Clemson should be number four at best, which they might be. Clemson doesn't even have to try. Yeah, and then Alabama. Most of the teams they've played have been cupcake teams for them, and it, they haven't had a real challenge yet. But I think the do they face LSU? I think that is in their schedule. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting now because I mean I'll be interested to see what that spread would be because you can't make Alabama favored by, in my opinion, more than a touchdown, if even that. LSU looks good. So that'll be an interesting game whenever that is. And uh yeah, I think that's pretty much it for college. I don't think there's been uh too much not much other crazy stuff, but this next month we'll have some good stuff. Yeah, it's only getting later into the seasons. Um, should we take a look at the season that just kicked off? The NBA season? Yeah, so the NBA has uh, started off. Last time we left you, we had talked about the Lakers and Clippers. And since then, the Lakers have gone 2-0 and and the Clippers have gone 1-1. Uh, and They won 2. 2-1, and one, you're right. They just played last night. And... Uh, the Clippers, their only loss so far was at Phoenix, but I feel like that's one of those games. It's a Saturday night game. It's just oh, there's going to be games like that where those top teams will play the lower teams and just mentally not wait, be wait, there. Wait. We don't know that Phoenix is a lower team yet. Okay, but I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just saying regardless. They're... So it's strange. They, they destroyed Sacramento their first game. Mm-hmm. And then like the next day, DeAndre Aiden was suspended for 25 games. Um. For a banned substance, a diuretic, no one really knows. There's no hope with dope. Yeah, some people say, like, well, that's something that he was using to mask steroids. I don't know. I felt like the guy doesn't need steroids, but maybe he looks like that because he has been using steroids. He's also a guy who uh, might have taken $100,000. We are just talking about NCAA scandals. Um, so I don't know. I don't think he has an amazing defense there with his history, but at the same time, time he is going to be defended by the players union that they're going to argue that this was accidental which there's something in the in their uh, contract that if you can show that it was accidental then you can get their suspension reduced so uh, he's not playing right now though and they've actually i think they're three and one and you know it looks like with rubio has helped him like figure out an offense and frank kaminsky he's finally living up to his promise he had to get out of charlotte and he's hitting threes yeah, it's like, it's it's funny sometimes you have a guy, who seems like worthless in a bust, and then just get change of scenery, and they kind of figure out. I mean, he's never going to be a star, but maybe he's still he's still a productive player in the NBA. And it's nice to see like a team that's struggled for so long, kind of. Yeah, I, uh, I um, what was I going to say I've seen that a lot too, where you get guys that are really good. And they, I mean, not that good maybe. And then they just get that change of scenery and they do good. I mean, we kind of saw it last year with uh, D'Angelo Russell. Left the Lakers, went to Brooklyn. 
did great, and now he's over at Golden State, and he's still not doing too bad. He's, I mean, he's doing good. But speaking of that Golden State team, I genuinely think – I know they won last night, but it was against a New Orleans team that hasn't won a game yet, which mm-hmm. kind of surprises me. I mean, it kind of doesn't, doesn't it? I had expectations they're for them. They're on my disappointment list so far because yeah. there's still so much. No, I agree, and, I, and it does surprise me more than it doesn't, but – also, it's like I have watched those Laker players for the last two, three years, and it's like, okay, maybe it doesn't surprise me as much. I thought they'd go somewhere else and be significantly better, and it doesn't look like the case so far. But anyway, Golden State, despite their win yesterday, that team I truly think is in trouble. They and I, they don't have depth at all. I look at that roster, and without Klay Thompson in it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, because it's Curry, it's D'Angelo Russell, and then Draymond Green, and then outside of that, it's just a bunch of young college kids that yeah, I think are even with clay oh I, and i agree i'm just saying clay would at least give them a little more depth but there's no bench and in today's nba especially with those teams out there you need a bench and they they just don't have it i'm gonna be bold i'm gonna say you know, it's only been three games i want to be bold but i agree with charles barkley i think the warriors missed the playoffs this year that's my boldest thing you know if they do obviously get like a Six seven seed. I'm not gonna be surprised, but they are not a top five team in the West. Mm-mm, no way. And Curry can't. You know, Curry's been around a while now. He's getting a little older. Teams can start to find out how to defend Curry and stuff. It's it, there's gonna be more nights than not where he's missing those 35 footers than just going on those sprees where he's doing it all and stuff. And that loss to Oklahoma City at one point being down 40 in the third quarter was crazy rough looking because Oklahoma City is not good. Or not supposed to be good. They're not horrible, but they're not. Well, yeah. I think they had such a good team built that you kind of forget some of the limitations of their players. That what what good is Draymond now? Like Draymond's been so important to that team, but now that they have like they're so weak around him defensively, that how value how valuable is his like defensive ability anymore? It's really not because he has to make up for four other poor defenders. It's it's like that guy. In the middle, as you know, the glue it doesn't really work if the pieces around him suck. So yeah, and then also like he's gonna figure like I got to take a bigger role in the offense and shoot, which is which is what you don't want. So it seems like Draymond's a guy who is way more valuable on a really good team than he is on a middling team. So they're no longer a really good team because they just don't have the players, and yeah, so it just hurts them. Yeah, and then the stuff with Curry where. You know, he's older and maybe this is going to be too much of a toll on him. I agree. So and I think that's what it's going to be. And I think it gets to a point where we can always factor it in, too. Curry is a great player, nothing taken away from him, but it always helped Curry when you had Thompson on the court because that's a guy you had to worry about. And then it helped yeah. him even more when you had Kevin Durant on the court because then it was a lot of guys you had to worry about. Oh, now yeah. teams go into that. And honestly, I think teams could even be like, prove it, D'Angelo Russell, try to beat us. Like, we're focused on Curry. We don't give a shit about you. Beat us if you can, and then they're just not going to have the depth, and I, I think it's going to be bad because I look at that West, and I so many teams I like. Obviously, both L.A. teams, Denver, Houston, Utah, Portland. I mean, those are six teams I like a lot right there, and then I think Dallas might potentially be good. Like you said, Phoenix hasn't looked too bad. San Antonio hasn't lost a game. San Antonio's. Yeah, I, I think sometimes it's like, why are we so stupid? Why do we keep yeah, underestimating he's, he's Popovich is Belichick. I mean, it's like he's just Locked, such a good yeah. coach. I think so many times we just look at the, and it's easy to do, you just look at the players, but it's like there is a scheme that goes with it. I mean, there's a reason why a lot of these coaches don't don't lose. To be fair, though, they haven't even gone on the road yet. 
But it's yeah. also early. I mean, I don't even know who they've played. That's I don't either. But three and zero, pretty <clears> good. Yeah. No, and basketball is tough because, like you said, I mean, it's like at any given night you can lose. We watched the Clippers beat Golden State by like thirty, and then the next, and then two nights later lose to Phoenix. But again, we don't know how good they are, but we definitely know Phoenix isn't better than the Clippers. I mean, right now from watching the Clippers games, their, their weakness is three point defense. They left the Lakers open a lot, and those like Troy Daniels and stuff didn't make them. Danny Green did make them in that game. Yeah. Um, same thing happened with Golden State. Is that those guys just couldn't make shots, Jacob Evans and that kind of stuff. It's like they're yeah, and they're not, not, and those guys probably more times than not aren't going to. Jo- Jacob Evans, shots. Jordan Poole, yeah, uh, like Pasky or whatever. Those guys aren't going to beat you on a regular basis. At least people know Draymond. I mean, uh, Danny Green can hit threes. So can Daniels, but. I don't know. And then uh, early on, though, what I was going to say, one of the players I was going to bring up who I've been impressed with so far through his first couple games was Trey Young. He's uh, He looks like he's made that step. But uh, about an hour ago, maybe yeah, about an hour ago, plus or minus a few minutes, Trey Young did go down with what looked like a pretty severe sprained ankle. And so he's definitely, from what it looked like in the pain he was in, will definitely miss uh, at least a couple games or so. But uh I hope it's nothing serious. I hope it's not one of those sprained ankles that takes you out for like four to six weeks because those definitely happen or even a broken ankle because uh, it would be a bummer because he has looked so good. But uh, if it is something serious, you know, hopefully he'll be able to bounce back because that Hawks team is a little is young and decently exciting. They definitely have some nice young talent on that team. So they're one of those teams that actually are young that I actually have hope for in the future, unlike the Wizards and right now the Knicks. <laughs> You know who's a team that, I mean, I said it in the over-under, was a don't sleep on them with Charlotte. Like, not to, like, make the playoffs, but, like, everyone expect them to be the worst team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting about their team is that because it's, like, devoid of talent, they just have a bunch of guys. Like So it's funny Monte you say Graham that because PJ I, looked at, I looked at their box score yesterday, and I thought the same thing. I think they had four or five guys between, like, 13 and 19 points or something like that. And it's it was all just these guys like, I remember him from college. I remember him from college. It was just spread out. And yeah. PJ Washington, who's the rookie has looked good. And then, yeah, there is Malik Monk, Monk on that team. Devonte Graham, Dwayne Bacon. Yeah. Rozier looks like a mistake. That's like, wait, you should just let all these other guys play that they kind of, and I think they, they kid Gilchrist is like, just gone. It's like, we don't, you're never going to be anything. So go yeah. away. Um, they're a weird team. Like the, the shooting revolution has completely taken over. Oh NBA, yeah, because they were, they kept saying Cody Zeller had made like six career threes, and he hit three I think in the first first half, and they're just like this is just how it's this is how Cody Zeller survives. He can't survive as what he was, even though he was a top five pick. It's like you got to you got to make threes now, guy, and you know I guess he he worked on it, and now he can stay in the NBA. But it's just like that's how it is. Everyone, I mean, I can't wait till Zubac starts like in those threes. He seems to be like the last uh, holdout of post play. Yeah. yeah. Right. Dwight Howard's not going to shoot a three at this point. He might. <laughs> Probably won't, though. Lakers play uh, about an hour from now as we're recording this. Yep, they play the Memphis Grizzlies, who just got a nice win against Brooklyn. And I actually saw some today that talked about Kyrie Irving, how he had a, some mental breakdown thing when they were out in China that just got reported or something that actually caused the team some concern. And it worries me a little bit that he might kind of be a little – like not as crazy, but a little bit like Antonio Brown because he did randomly. If you really think about the last two years for him, it's like he randomly wanted to leave Cleveland out of nowhere and was like, I want out of here. Then he went to Boston, seemed very happy. And then randomly, I want out of Boston. Now here he is 
almost not saying he said he wanted to be out of New Brooklyn, but obviously he already did something that has made the team worry about him. So that's yeah. definitely something to watch because this is going to be a long year for him because he is basically playing the same role he had on that Boston team except a way less talented roster. I mean, it's still a decent roster, but it's not the same talent level of as guys like Horford and Jason Tatum and yeah. Hayward and Brown and Rozier. So it'll, it'll definitely year, be interesting though. to see how he handles this year. I mean, it already looks like it's going to be the Brooklyn's going to be one of those teams that's high scoring with no defense. I think they've lost two games already this year where they've scored like 130 points. Yeah, I mean, or I about 130 overtime. But yeah, they're they're a team struggling so far, and despite Irving actually being great, probably still leading the NBA in scoring. But um, I think it's a little overblown. I think people want to hate Kyrie because he he disrespected one of the premier franchises, and you know people are hate that. There's a lot of Boston people out there that hate that, like they think he he turned on the team and all this stuff, and it's like, how dare you do that? We're the Celtics. Um, and you, you see that happen, so I, I don't trust every story about him. Although I know he's weird. Like, and what's funny how you say that is the one who broke the story was Jackie McMillan, who I think is a Boston yeah. writer. So yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. NBA season though it's it's long. And, uh, you know, it's already – it's been a week. It's been an exciting week so far, I would say. And uh, I think we can all say we're looking forward to it. I think it's the best part, and like we've said multiple times, is it's so nice to be going into an NBA season for the first time in five years where you just know it's not Golden State as huge favorites. Yeah. It's just let's enjoy the season and watch Golden State win it all. And it's yeah. fixed. The pendulum swung. One I more team it. to mention. The T-Wolves. Carl Anthony Towns has been great, and – I think I called it. I mean, it's three games, but I well, think people really turn on that guy. And, and I, I think I think he had a really rough situation with the Jimmy Butler thing, and and I having agree. to carry Wiggins. It's just and I agree with you. I thought I look at that Timberwolves roster. And I think I even said that too. Is I, I like that roster. It's a good roster. It's just going to matter of are we going to finally see the Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins? If Wiggins plays the way he was supposed to be playing, then that team is definitely. I don't think it's going to be fun to watch. But I'm just saying, if it did, it's, it's all hypothetical. If he did come out like he was like we all expected him to then could be yeah we'll find out all right um should we move into some nfl oh you know what we forgot to uh mention hawks trey young no i, no. I did mention that never mind i was miles away <laughs> uh, all right nfl uh um, standings uh NFL. NFL had some more trades, but not as exciting as they were making it out to be. Like this morning, yeah. if you followed, it was like, oh, there's going to be all these people. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is, is up for Yeah, I was already kind of shocked to already see him up for grabs. I think the Jets told everyone, like, hey, everyone's up for grabs. If you if you want them, you know, make us an offer, which they, they did trade one of their top guys, uh, Leonard Williams from uh, USC, who is a, a top draft pick and... It looked. It seemed like he was going to be just a, like unstoppable defensive lineman, and while he's been good, I think he's been disappointing. And uh, the Jets were like, "Yeah, I don't think we want to bring you back." So they they traded to the Giants for a third and a fifth. So for a guy who was considered maybe the best player in his draft like three years ago, it's kind of crazy. But um, that's probably the biggest name, definitely the biggest name to move. Um, and since the Giants aren't going to make the playoffs this year, but this is a young guy that they can you know, keep on the team. So, yeah. And 
Giants are making moves for the future. I mean, you got Barkley, you've got Daniel Jones. That looks like it's he's going to be their guy. It seems like they have now finally left the Eli Manning saga. They're going to have a good draft pick this year, and I think it's reassuring for them that they got to see Daniel Jones play this year, so they realize, okay, this will be our guy moving forward, so we don't need to go panic and draft Tua or um, homeboy for Herbert or whatever and all that. They can actually go out there and do what the Niners did last year and hopefully maybe get a good linebacker who can completely turn that defense around because Nick Bosa has already made that uh, Niner defense like the best defense in football. Yeah. And people will argue it's New England, but I will stand by and say I think the Niners is better just based off the fact of schedule comparison. They played real teams. Uh, the, the other moves, Kenyon Drake to the Cardinals. Yeah. I don't know what that means for David Johnson. I mean, this is more fantasy implications. I, I think it's more also so because Edmonds got hurt and he was doing really well yeah. and now they don't have a running back and Johnson's hurt. But, I, hey, in my fantasy league, I had the chance to draft David Johnson. I didn't want to because I said I had him. I just don't like running backs on bad teams. That's been my biggest thing I've always said in fantasy football. And I passed on him. And I'm as of now, I'm happy I did. Well, I'm, I've been cursed with Le'Veon Bell and Joe Mixon. So it's like, that's, that is a good I actually just traded uh, Le'Veon Bell in one of my leagues. I finally got rid of him. And he actually, this was the first week I didn't have him. And he scored three points in my league this week. I'm in one, the league I'm in with him was very standard league. Like no PPR, no nothing, just standard. And yeah, he didn't do shit. Yeah, you can have productive running backs on bad teams you can't have productive running backs on just truly awful which is what we've got out of a lot of teams so far this year but most notably the Bengals, dolphins and jets i would say and it's just like you look at it's like they just can't get anything they don't move the ball at all they're never an opportunity to score but uh yeah i don't know kenny drake could uh hasn't really done all that much in his career but maybe with this arizona offense they can figure something out for him and then uh, also akib talib was basically dumped to the Dolphins by the Rams. And it's funny how the Rams, all those big defensive moves they made last year coming the season, uh, Marcus Peters, Akib Tlaib, Dom Kung-Su, all gone. <laughs> and they're, they're probably better off for it. I think their their defense has actually been pretty good aside from that weird Tampa Bay game. But it, this was just a straight dump. Yeah, that, that is interesting. The Rams' defense has looked significantly better like the defense it's supposed to. I mean, it's looked great in the two games with Jalen Ramsey, but again, that also has been to – actually, no, the Falcons have a good Falcons, offense. Falcons can score, at least. I think, I think I was thinking more so of their offense has looked a lot better the last couple of games, but that's been against two really bad defenses. So it's interesting to see how good that – if that offense will continue to be good because, I mean, Jared Goff finally looks better. Like I said last week, they looked like they started running more hurry-up which I think is when they're at their best. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to them going forward. And, uh, again, speaking of, speaking of the Patriots, really quickly, how they – actually, unless you're going to cover the Patriots. I don't want to, like – I don't have them on my list of teams. All right, I was just going to say because we've nothing. talked about them finally playing good teams, and they played they? Cleveland – I mean, finally starting to play good teams. The reason why is I'm talking about this next team. They do play yeah. Baltimore at Baltimore Sunday Night Football – so I'm finally eager to see how that's going to go. I mean, I don't. I'm still not high that Baltimore's offense is amazing, but it'll be interesting to see if that if they can at least at home on a Sunday night give Patriots trouble, or if Belichick and Brady come out and just absolutely annihilate Baltimore, which they might do. Yeah, I was reading something uh, that was about the most overrated teams, and they had Baltimore at the most overrated because they said Baltimore was legitimized by beating Seattle, and they said Seattle's actually the second most overrated team. So. Uh, it rains to be seen whether Baltimore is as good as their record, which 
I mean, I think everyone just remembers that first game was just such craziness. They scored so much. And it's like, oh, they're so great. But I have to think Belichick is going <laughs> to completely confuse Lamar Jackson in that game. But um, let's get into our full little week seven review. But be, uh, before we do that, I want to tell you that in my – I make picks, just picking picking teams straight up. I keep track of that. Went 15 for 15 this week. Wow, oh, picking teams straight up? Yeah. Which, oh, wow. So it's like if I ever actually put that bet on that, I could have made a lot of money. Uh, a weird week in that the underdogs went 13 – or the, the favorites went 13 to 2. And so the two underdogs that won were the Eagles and Chargers, who I did pick correctly. But picking against the spread, which I didn't pick the Vikings game. That's four and ten. So, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's where it's like, hey, fifteen for fifteen. Hey, that's, but then that's, that's where they get you. They call it the old Vegas equalizer. Ooh, yeah, is the is they the spread. Uh, so some of those, yeah. Let's talk about some of those games. The Bills lost big at home. I think we all know that the Bills because this weren't as good as that record. This gets into that interesting time of the year where, and I mean, and you'll agree with this. I'm sure you're a numbers guy, stock guy. I'm just assuming. I'm just telling the world you're a stock guy. I don't, I don't even know if that's true. Market, but. But I'm saying like, you'll get – yeah, exactly. So, But the point is, is you're a value guy. And uh, especially if there's a good there's good value out there or something, whether yeah, it be chicken breast or something. Over, yeah. But uh, what I'm getting at, though, is it does get to a point where, you know, and markets adjust, whether it's stock market, the sports betting market teams. And you do start to go to a point where you look at it and you're like, okay, Buffalo is 5-2, and two, and here they are playing the Eagles, who are like 3-3, three and three, let's say, or whatever they were. And you get to a point where you're like, well, you know what? Okay, Buffalo's at home, and because they've been doing so well and Eagles aren't doing so great, you know, let's say, you know, what, what was Buffalo? Three-point favorite? Two-point favorite? I think it's two and a half. So let's say they are that, you know, they're that two and a half, three-point favorite. You get to a point where you're like, you know what? I Eagle, there's value here for the Eagles because we all know that they should be the better team. And because Buffalo's gotten off to this hot start, so it gets to the point where you can start finding really good value in teams like Buffalo. I mean, not Buffalo, Philadelphia, and just other little teams out there that – should be better than how they're doing. And then you look at, you find those teams out there, like maybe Baltimore, Seattle, that are maybe doing a little better than we expect. And then, yeah, that's when it all comes down. You want to always, you know, you got to know when to like sell teams away and when to jump on teams. And, you know, you just got to find that kind of stuff. And that's what makes it so exciting. And that's why some of those people that are, especially the, the big math guys and the smart guys are the ones that can make a good living off of, sports betting because they can find that stuff and whatnot and see the value in certain things. And there's a lot of guys out there that'll take a team plus 10, but they won't take them plus nine and a half. You know what I mean? Because that half point and that value, everything matters. So it is interesting, but that was one of those games that I did look at when I saw Philadelphia and I was like, that would have been a game after what they did to them that would have been a good, definitely a good value bet. Because even if Philly would have been favorites in that game, would have been like one point favorite. I mean, they definitely weren't going to be anything big. Yeah. I just was like, I don't know. I don't think the Bills the Bills offense isn't there. They're too turnover prone. That I thought it was it was a bad matchup. Yeah, no, I agree. The other the other underdog game that, that won, I mentioned the Chargers won. What a weird game. The uh Chargers yeah, won only because the Bears missed a field goal. I, so I, I texted you and I even asked, I'm like, we're both teams trying to lose because it, it started off with uh me being a little confused because I was actually not even watching the game at the time. We were watching the Red Zone channel. But I saw that the Chargers got the ball, and there was about, what, 250 left or so? And they had the Bears had, I think, two timeouts or one? I don't remember. Yeah, they, but they still had, let's just say that, I think they had like two timeouts, the two-minute warning. 
and I noticed it looked like the Chargers weren't even interested in running or something. It looked like they he got sacked first. The, yeah, the first the first play they got sacked, and they actually ended up getting all the way like almost all those yards back. They got like a fourth and a half yard, and they didn't want to go for it because they thought, oh, we go for it, we don't get it. And it's a respectable Bears defense. You're on the yeah. road. I think that's the right call. You trust your defense. But what I found interesting is why were they not running more to waste more of that clock? But oh, <laughs> I know that Chargers run. and running. Yeah, I know. The Chargers were the first team in NFL history to run for less than forty yards in four consecutive games. It's the running. The running situation was really bad. That and and it you is can't sad play that Melvin Gordon. They've, they've everyone got, can't run. Yeah, and it's sad. It's gotten to that point where they feel like they can't run the ball in that situation, run out the clock, and that almost cost them the game. But then they punt away, and it got interesting here. The Bears got inside the. 30 because wasn't it only like a 40 they got, to, they got to the 20 i believe and Maybe 22 something like that it was, yeah it was between the 20 and 25 and they very ended frustrating up frustrating play because it looked like they were about to sack uh trubisky take him back to the 50 with the clock running and it was like oh that game probably would have been over at that point but instead the guy took a bad angle and trubisky ran for 20 yards and what's and, what's interesting is they ended up kneeing it you know they yeah. didn't want to risk bad karma handing off and getting that extra two three yards and I mean, they were passing well, but I get not wanting to pass that situation because when you get inside the twenty, the twenty-five, you're thinking it's a forty-yard field goal, high thirties. Like our kicker is a professional; that that should be easy. But nothing's a chip shot anymore, and uh, you know, obviously, it looks easy now to know that they didn't. Uh, you know, that Neen it looked like the bad idea because it actually put, probably put them back like a yard or so. And yeah, I think that the coach got criticized a lot for saying like, "I'm not going to run it there. I could get stuff because they know we're going to run." When it's like, well, you still need, which lost you yards. So, um, but I've been burned many times before on in this situation. Just, just go for it. Don't, don't take the field goal as a sure thing until you're like inside the ten or something. Yeah. Because you and you don't know things can go wrong. I just kind of hate when. And the fact too that like, the Bears oh, are already it. cursed with kicking. I mean, and this guy's a nobody guy. I mean, it's not like Justin Tucker was their kicker or anything yeah. like that. It's, you know, it's. I think they personally. And there was wind. There was wind too. I think they personally should have ran it and got a little closer. And it just looked like if you watched that game, which I know you did, how many times did the Bears fans boo for decisions? So it's like it's just so crazy that this time last year the Bears were like this hot team and everybody loved Nagy, and then now here we are a year later and Trubisky and Nagy look like they're almost being booed out of town. So it's, yeah, it, it is was, interesting. I mean, it was rough because the Chargers shouldn't have been in the game because the Bears actually. Moved the ball really well, and they just kept kicking field goals. They, I think, yeah. they had three goal to go situations in the first half that ended up in field goals, which is bad. And then the game was really given away by Trubisky had two consecutive turnovers on consecutive drives in the fourth quarter. There and allowed the Chargers. The second one allowed the Chargers to get a short touchdown drive. Um, that guy wasn't as bad as people made him out to be last year. This year, it just it is. He is what he is. He's not good. And like I, I understand. I don't. I don't know what you do. I don't. You can't. You keep going. You do like with Winston and Mariota and stuff. You just keep going with them, or do you try to make a move at this point? Well, I mean, it looks like the Titans have already kind of made up a well, little yeah, bit of a I'm move, saying, but like they took a long time. Whereas do the Bears just after the season be like, we're too good. I think we they need, need to something. go. They need a quarterback because that's a good defense. They need a guy that can move the ball and give points for that good defense because a lot of times some of the Bears, their games this year have been games they've lost and that defense has done well and not given up that many points. 
Another note about this game, uh, the Chargers did fire their offensive coordinator after the game. All right. So despite winning, he's still showing the door, and I think it's the right move. Whatever's going on wasn't working. That run game shouldn't be as bad as it is. My concern, though, is that the head coach is like, we're not running the ball enough. That's why we're not succeeding running the ball. And you're just going to get Melvin Gordon up the middle for two yards like 20 times a game. But again, there's very little chance the Chargers even come back to make the playoffs. Were you, although uh, they're still alive. Were you happy that uh, the Melvin Gordon did not get traded today? Or were you kind of hoping maybe he would for something and then you could have still have Eckler? Yeah, I, I, I don't know the status of Justin Jackson, who actually ran well earlier in the season. Mm, that's he hasn't right. played in a, in a while. So I'm, I'd be very confident with those two. I don't know what's going on with with him, and I think Gordon's gone anyways. I think it's yeah. That's what I'm saying. You almost gone. feel like you try to at least get something for him. Yeah, and I, I for you, I think it would help if he uh, found a new spot for fantasy because he, he did have a great I, yeah, run. He did have a touchdown run this game, and it looked it's like oh yeah, this guy is really good. And, yeah, sometimes. so I mean that's why I've been hanging on to Gordon. I've had a couple people try to trade for me, and I'm like my biggest thing is because of the running back depth. I mean it's like I Eckler's good, but he really is still a running back too. And it's like, I just, I don't know. I, I need, I'm just going to, I mean, I think it's one of those things this year where I don't even know when our league trade deadline is, but it's one of those things where I, I'm going to have to live with Gordon. I'm, I think I'm going to die with Gordon. You know, he's going to be my guy and who knows, maybe he will finally have one of those games or something where he does do something special. Maybe but, they turn it around. I mean, he just touchdowns the back-to-back games, just like under Yeah, he does. Yards. He does. It's just that, yeah, the rush yards aren't there. Um, another, uh, interesting development, uh, Ryan Tannehill is 2-0 and as a starter for the Titans. Um, he's just been better than Mariota. It hasn't been phenomenal, but that's two wins. Two wins against so-so teams, but that team is has a decent enough defense and some other guys that it's like maybe you just needed that, which I always thought was strange that Tannehill couldn't find a job like this offseason, but... They played it right. They found a spot where they knew the starter was weak, and that they were tired of. Like if if he went to like a if he went to the Bears or something, the Bears are probably gonna ride with Trubisky the rest of the season, regardless. But they went to he went to a team that he knew that like people were ready to dump the starter, and uh, he got his chance. And I don't know. You think the Titans can uh, steal one of those wild card spots? No, no, no. I just think. Uh... With that, I think there's I, – I don't know. The Titans just don't – what is their record? They're 4-4, four and four, and I think Jacksonville's 4-4. Four and four. Yeah, because – so you have that, but it's like uh, Colts and Houston, I think – I know Colts – I mean, Houston lost J.J. Watt, which we haven't gotten to yet, which is a big blow for them. But Houston still has a good offense. And then Colts just look good. But uh, I don't know. I still think – even though it seems like they kind of have trouble. A lot of people said their schedule was tough early and it would get easier. So I still think Cleveland could make a little bit of a comeback maybe. But also... Two and six. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. Two and six is really bad. But you know who I think is going to make the comeback, Andy? Steelers. That All defense right. is ready. That offense is looking a little better. Mason Rudolph's back. Yeah. They could steal some. I still think they can catch Baltimore. They'll have to definitely I, beat Baltimore the next time they play them. I did see that take somewhere where it's like, hey, they still got one game against Baltimore. Yeah, I Win think Balt- Baltimore plays New England this week. That would make it a one-game difference, I think. That would – no, two-game difference. They or game and a half. Wins, so, yeah. Wait, what? They have six wins. Baltimore does? Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Do they? They had a bye last week, though. I think they're like five and two. 
Okay, then I'm wrong, yeah. Yeah, so it would get them right about there. But what hurt is that I thought for sure Baltimore would lose in Seattle. They win. And then now they're home against New England. If they win that, then I'm going to start being like, I don't know. But I really believe Steelers can beat the Colts at home. I don't think that's unrealistic at all. Colts really struggled this week. I, I, I'm not sold on the Colts. I think they have, they seem to have a good thing going. But again, so I'm not sold on them. But I do think that the current AFC playoff picture is how it's going to shake out. Where you know Texans or Colts, and then uh, the Bills will get a wild card because the Bills still get to play the Jets and the Dolphins again. It's like they're just they don't have a their schedule is so weak. The Bills will end up winning, I think, at least 10 games. So. Yeah. What else do I got here? Uh, Drew Brees came back. It seemed like everyone was saying, just sit another week. You had the bye week. You don't need to come back. Bridgewater is undefeated. But he's like, if I'm ready, I'm playing. And he yeah, I heard, I heard something today that I kind of laughed at that said they thought maybe all this hype of Bridgewater, that Brees was getting a little jealous and decided to, like, come back. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I mean, it – does help. I mean, that offense, I mean, even though Bridgewater did good, that offense is still better. I mean, we saw that. It's like Michael Thomas's numbers, I think, have been down a little bit. Have they? I well, feel like he's still on pace for like 200 catches this year. Okay, maybe his catches, but his touchdowns, he doesn't. I saw something today that talked about how the Patriots defense has more touchdowns than a handful of these yeah. star players, and Michael Thomas was one of them. So he's not having like an insane year. But, I mean, he'll. What my point is, is it's a better quarterback. So his numbers. Those receivers, those numbers are going to start going up more. Yeah, you know they they weren't going to stay with Bridgewater. That was, yeah, they couldn't. But I think this is still great if you're Bridgewater because now teams are going to go after him next season, I imagine, or teams are going to want him. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that like could a, use him. A Matt Castle situation. Uh, we we did mention the 49ers before, but they destroyed Carolina, which yeah, I they are, coming. Yeah, they are just – I mean, I saw them beating them but not destroying them. I think they were only like four-and-a-half-point favorites. So even – Vegas is still either that that's either a lot of respect for Carolina or people are still not respecting well, San Francisco Carolina the way they need had a good to. Record with this with Kyle Allen at and QB they have, and you know what's his name McCaffrey. Yeah, but I don't know that whatever it is the Niners figured it out. A lot of talent, defensive line, and then the running game just it just wrecks people. So I mean, I think it's it's at this point you can't be like you can't keep questioning them. Of course, they can still be beaten, but. They're they're really good. Yeah, no, I agree. They are definitely a. I think a lot of people would love that storyline of Garoppolo facing his whole team in the Super Bowl, and uh, the way they're both I mean, playing I right now, you never know. Yeah, there's a really good chance of it, and I don't really want to see it, but it, sometimes it seems inevitable. Um, yeah. Also, like you said, Houston lost JJ Watt, but I don't know how much that matters <laughs> since JJ Watt even. He's just a big name. He does commercials. He always shows up in Houston areas. I don't know. They they seem to play without him every year. I know he's still productive, but he's not he's not Aaron Donald or Bosa. He's not that level anymore. Um, I still think Houston's good. They beat the Raiders, who somehow are just keep the Raiders are annoying. The Raiders are winning that game most of the way. Well, they're just there. It's like I don't I don't get how I look at that Raiders roster defensively, and like they should be giving up like fifty points a game. There's nobody on this team you've ever heard of, <laughs> and they're just solid. But again, probably there's probably not enough there. I know the joke is like they just had a guy like Khalil Mack, but then it's like 
Yeah, but they also got Josh Jacobs or Cleo Mack. You have to now remember Josh that. Jacobs has looked good, too. So without Josh Jacobs, they wouldn't be what they are. Yeah, that, definitely not. That's just that, that helps their offense when you got a guy who's just consistently getting positive yards. You know, it, it really does make you wonder because what are the Raiders? Four three and four. four, four and four. It really makes you wonder. I think they're three and four. I think they had a bye. Okay, yeah. I'm, it's at this point in the season. It's hard. Yeah, I only even know what teams had buys because I think of like fantasy stuff. But yeah, because yeah, they had a London game, so they definitely had a bye. But it makes you almost wonder. They're three and four. I think they've done a little better with some expectations early on than people expected. And it just makes you wonder if Antonio Brown never went crazy definitely. and just stayed sane. Like, would they have a couple more wins? Would they have at least one more win? Would they be four and three? Would they be five and two? And with the fact that Mahomes being hurt right now, would they even be, and the Chargers doing way worse than anybody expected, would they even be like a first place team? Would they be an actual division winner candidate? So it's, and they lost their rookie safety at the very start of the year too. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about with their defense is like, they're, it's really thin there. It's like, what is going on? How are they getting it done? And they've, I mean, it's not like they've been the Niners, but they've been, Way better than terrible, which just helps. Which then that offense has been above average. But I think I think the windows closed. They lost there. Um, Mahomes was going to come back. I'm pretty sure within the next few weeks. And I think we saw this week that even without Mahomes, that that KC had just has so much talent. They they played the Packers pretty well. They lost by a touchdown. Matt Moore. Looks pretty good, and he's like 37 or something. Yeah, I think they definitely – I was hearing something too, These uh, some other of these sports betting guys that talked about how they actually – these pros in Vegas, I mean, they lose sometimes too, just like the rest of us. They just do it a lot less often or they're smarter with it. And uh, they were saying how they were actually on the Chiefs that night and said that the crazy thing about it is if you really looked at everything about that game, it's like Matt Moore played better than expectations probably – they even said they thought the defense played a little better than expectations. I mean, they were able to put some pressure on Rodgers, but it's just like sometimes, you know, you could be on the right side, but it's like, you know, Green Bay just played better. Even though Kansas City came out and played a great game, it wasn't like Kansas City beat themselves. Aaron Rodgers is looking like a lot of people have been saying he's now the favorite to win MVP. And what's scary a little bit too well, is – I had a pick this week if you saw on our Twitter. I did not. We forgot because he didn't play this last Sunday. He played this last Thursday. Kirk Cousins had one of the best months of quarterback play in NFL history. Oh, yeah? Like 4-0 and 13-1 to touchdown interception. So I was actually there. thinking about that the other day, too, because I, I don't even think about them right now, but the Vikings are definitely a team to watch. Six I mean, and two, they have that, a big game this week. I forget who it was they're playing. Cousins is playing well, and now ever since they started, like, kind of once those two receivers lashed out and were kind of like, especially Diggs, like, hey, like, what's going on? They've passed it more, and so they do have – a very good duo with Diggs and Thielen. Dalvin Cook has been incredible, so the ground game's looking good. That is a good defense. Cousins looks good. They literally have everything you need. Good receivers, solid quarterback, great ground game, a solid defense. I mean, the Vikings are definitely for real. You know, definitely don't look past the Vikings. And in my opinion, I still think the NFC is very wide open. I mean, I think the Saints are the best team if I had to choose right now, but then there's you know, you got to watch out for the Rams. You know, you always got to respect Russell Wilson. Actually, I'm sorry. The Niners are the best team so far. But then you have the Saints. You got to watch out for Russell Wilson. I mean, the Rams, if they could get going. Uh, I still think you have to respect Philly. I mean, they finally looked good. So they definitely have to be a team to. Definitely alive still. Philadelphia is one of those teams, too, that they've, they're kind of like the New York Giants, where they just win by just winning games. It's like nothing 
crazy things just happen to come together at the right time. So it'll it'll you know the NFC will end up being a good race. I mean, unfortunately, I think the AFC is gonna come down to Tom Brady and Hope and Mahomes, but you never know. Maybe a team does surprise. I just don't know what team that would be. I just don't see it at this point. Yeah, I don't I'm either. Just looking at rosters, like who's. I mean, I think at the start of the year, the two uh, two of the teams that you would have thought could have been those surprise teams were Chargers and Steelers. Not to be biased to our teams, but that's just how it was. And both well, just, of them, you just look at quarterbacks. Like you know, like the Colts might win ten games. They're going to get fucking demolished. Whoever they play in the playoffs, they they might they could get demolished in the first week, like as a four seed or something. I don't trust that team to do anything. I feel like that. I mean, if the Chiefs are healthy, that they'll wreck any of these teams or the Texans or something. I mean, although the Texans did beat the Chiefs, with the Chiefs had all their guys, but yeah, it just seems like it's set up for like these kind of like nice stories, and then Tom Brady's going to win forty-two to ten in the playoffs. Oh yeah, no, they would definitely crush the Colts if they came across them. But this week, uh, the Vikings do play the Chiefs, so that will be a fun game. We'll uh, have to see how that works. So the Dolphins and the Chiefs? What? Did you say the Dolphins? The Vikings. I said the Vikings play someone really good. I thought, week. okay. I thought you said Dolphins and Chiefs, and I was like, why did you just say that'd be a fun game for who? <laughs> I don't think that one's on the schedule this year. No, probably. Thank God for Miami. I would have loved to see what Patrick Mahomes could have done to that offense. I mean, that defense, just that team. But uh, yeah, is that uh, any more NFL news? I think we're wrapped up for football. All right. I think is the last thing. Uh, the fall classic. Yeah, we got to talk about the World Series. So the World Series is on right now. And uh, as of right now, it's the bottom of the fifth. And the Washington Nationals have taken the lead. It is 3-2 Washington, bottom five. Uh, Eaton and Soto hit home runs in the fifth. So they just recently took the lead. And um, right now there's nobody on for Washington. They have Strasburg pitching. Uh, if Houston wins tonight, they do win the World Series. But if uh, Washington wins, we see a Game 7 tomorrow night. And it would be – so you have some news on this. Actually, I don't even know who that pitching matchup would be. I imagine it would be Granke versus Scherzer. I think so. But I imagine Garrett Cole is going to be in the bullpen and ready to go the moment Granke gets in trouble. So, uh, But we had some interesting news on why uh, people were probably shocked. They saw a man by the name of Joe Ross start on Sunday night instead of Max Scherzer. And I didn't know this, Andy, but can you uh, let the people explain why uh, the ace wasn't pitching that game? Scherzer was lined up to to start game five, which would seem kind of almost like a must win. Like they had lost two in a row. This is the last game at home. And Scherzer woke up and he could uh, barely move that day. Just so much, I guess, so much work this season. And he's, he's older. And, uh, you know, at that point, you know you can't go if you can't. I, I know he had still a ton of time left before the game, but, like, he needed to be way looser than that. So he just he had to tell him, like, I can't do it. And um, somewhat fortunate for the Nationals, they added Joe Ross to the roster this round. Uh, but it didn't work out. So Joe Ross has been kind of like he started some games for them, coming out of the pen sometimes. Um, but had a really bad ERA this year and gave a bunch of runs right away, and the game was pretty much over right away. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the highlight of that game was uh, Donald Trump getting booed. I think that's what you know. We'll it's uh, that. That's, what was it? 
That's the only thing that's notable happened that game was when Trump got... No, there was another notable thing in that game. I don't know if you saw. Uh, Okay, yeah. There was an Instagram famous model and her friend who decided to flash Garrett Cole while he was pitching. So uh, now there was a little, definitely a little bit of excitement. Yeah, I read they got banned for For life. life. Yeah, you can't be doing that in D.C. I just think that's hilarious. You're also doing that. The president's in the building. It's just like oh, the ultimate. That's, that was the highlight of his day. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, the terrorist get killed. He's, uh, <laughs> like, fuck that shit. I saw some tits. He's trying He's to get used to some cleared. young tits, though, isn't he? Actually, I guess how old's, uh, what's her name? Mia or something? His wife? She's Mia? She's not young. Yeah. She's had some work done. Yeah. Young work done. <laughs> Well, that is funny. Those girls don't give a shit, though. You think those girls, they, they well, went there for a, a reason. It was to holders. promote their new magazine or something. Yeah. Oh, they, what, a, what a venture. 2019. Their fucking magazine? Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case someone's in the waiting room and forgets their phone in the yeah. car. It was on the news this morning. It's supposed to be like a Playboy, like the new version or something. If Playboy can't make it, they're not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh. I think it's more so to promote themselves also. I know those yeah, girls exactly. were already, or at least the one was already an Instagram model. But uh, anyway, nonetheless, I love it. It always just makes things more exciting. I'm sure Garrett Cole, you could, and also the funny thing is, is that we know people that actually know Garrett Cole personally. These women obviously probably don't. It takes, uh, it's going to take more than that to crack him. He is an interesting personality, a very stern personality. So you're saying they're going to have to moon him. I, I think like is that more? I don't if know. Donald Trump would have taken out his old wrinkly dick, I don't even think that would have phased Whoa. him. <laughs> well, is that a good note to go out on or what? I think so. Well, oh, I think one last thing. Of course, let's say the Nationals do hold on. They still got Strasburg on the mound right now. Yeah, am I is seeing it's four to one right now? No, you're definitely not. Yeah. It was three to two. It's uh, very far away. <laughs> doesn't that make like a perfect narrative? Yeah, it's three two. Max Scherzer, an older guy, pitched in the World Series before, pitched in the playoffs before, comes back from this injury, pitches a great game to win Game 7. I'll tell you what, if I'm the Nationals and this series goes to a Game 7 and you've got Scherzer versus Grinky the way Grinky's looked, I'm confident I can, if especially if you jump out to an early lead, like get a two-run lead or something, because obviously Garrett Cole would come in, but I don't care what anyone says. If Garrett Cole comes in, off of just a couple days rest, off like three days rest or whatever it would be, or it would just be two days rest, huh? No, it would be three days rest. Three. It'd be like three. Di- no, it'd be two days rest. Well, be yeah, okay. So three, technically, three days, yeah. two days of rest, and he would come in out of the bullpen. I don't know how effective he would be because I think a lot of times these pitchers that are the starters, they come out of the bullpen. It's just a different feel. You know what I mean? It's not the same routine, the same start, and then also he would have just pitched a few days before. And they worked him pretty good on Sunday. He went seven innings. He definitely, I think he threw like about 110 pitches or so. So they definitely need to hope that it is Granky goes good. Obviously, their biggest thing was they're basically like, we need to win. And, you know, you're at home, you're pitching Verlander. But, hey, you know, it's 3-2 right now. It's the fifth inning. Nationals will have themselves in a nice spot if they get this to game seven. Yeah, I also uh, don't want to be negative here, but... Oh, come on, Andy. That's your thing. So Verlander, they've shown, has one of the highest career like World Series ERA, which is like, well, it's great that he's pitched this many games in the World Series. Not many people have you know, done this. He's got there twice with the Tigers and now twice with the Astros and just really hasn't actually been all the effective. Hasn't won, hasn't got a, one, a win yet. I think they've won games he started, 
but he he's I think they said own five or own four. I saw his ERA is six right now. Yeah. So this is another one he's on pace to lose. Not a great five innings, three runs. Not great. He didn't look good from the beginning. Their first game that he pitched this year when they faced – actually, I'm sorry. His first game, that he did look good against the Rays. His second game against the Rays was really bad, and he never, in my opinion, rebounded from that. He, has, he hasn't looked sharp ever since the Rays hit him around, so I don't know if maybe something's just not there right now or if something's kind of bothering him that he's not talking about or – if maybe in that game somehow teams were able to kind of expose him, it looked like the Rays, their uh, thing against him was to swing early and be aggressive. So I don't know if that made it so that's what all the teams have now started to do against him is swing early and be aggressive. So well, just he's already given up three walks through five innings. That's not very much like him. Um, and then t- two homers. So Soto, wow, it's just crazy. Just that guy's. It's like it's not fair. Like, what a life. He's barely lived at all, and he's already like this playoff hero. Yep. I'm jealous. There's nothing else I can say. <laughs> well, I think maybe that's how we stop it then, Andy, because you're the one that always has one last thing to say. So if you have nothing to say, oh, the you credits got you got me. will be rolling. Wow. All right. Well, you've been listening to episode 141 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I am Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. See you later. Tony Katz. Yes, see you. And good night. Or good day. Or good morning.